0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Say what, it's part two. It's the power of the words we speak. Well today, once again, I really feel led to talk about favor. Several weeks ago we talked about the benefits of favor. So today I wanna talk about the favor edge. Words are so very, very, very important. Is that right? Words are everywhere. Words are everywhere. The words you've been told, those are important. Good or bad, they were important. They affected you. We're affected by words. You know, we kind of joke sometimes. I know I've even made fun of it. You see somebody in a movie or see somebody where they're dealing with their kid, and their kids may be frustrated, or they have anger issues, or they're learning to express themselves, and the parent goes, Baby, Use your words. Maybe you guys have told your kids that, right? And it sounds funny, but it's so true. Some of us as believers have been just so frustrated and then worried and like Pastor Jen said, discouraged and going through things. And, but are you using your words? And if you are, what kind of words are you using? So today this is going to be intensive and heavy on the words you're using about yourselves and the situation around you. Your sphere of influence. Somebody say, my sphere of influence. Yes. So I'm going to talk to you today about how and where to decree favor. And that's in the power of your words. Let's go to Psalms 1, chapter 1, verse 1. Psalms 1:1. Look at this. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. Or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Now let me tell you about something. You've, have you, you guys ever seen trees along a river, even in the desert? You can leave Roswell and head toward Riodoso. And as you're heading to Riodoso on the left-hand side, you'll notice that there's desert on your right, but on the left-hand side there's a river that runs through there. And so it's green. Farmers, like, they're letting their cows graze, and I don't know if they're growing crops or whatever, but there's grazing land. There's trees all along that river on the way to Riadoso, And it's pretty deserty. Well, our backyard, here's something I noticed. Years ago, we bought our home in 2011. And one of the reasons we liked our home was because there's trees in the backyard. Now, with trees come responsibility, and I guess over the years, our mulberry tree was not getting watered like it should. Now, let me tell you something. It took us almost three years living in that house before we figured out that that was not a fruitless mulberry tree. It was a very fruitful mulberry tree. Now, the tree gives shade, but that tree is a thorn in my side because it drops these berries. They're like blackberries. Anybody familiar with mulberries? And we have two dogs, you've heard the stories, and they gravitate toward the mulberries and the birds gravitate toward the mulberries and the flies gravitate toward the mulberries and the sun pours its heat on the mulberries and they ferment and they get gross and you walk through there and there's like, bzzz, and there's flies. And I kid you not, I've raked them up five or six times already since May and they keep coming and keep falling and I think it's about done, I think it's about out of season. But here's my point. I didn't even know what that tree had to offer until it started getting watered. I didn't. Now it's kind of a pain, but that tree is growing. It's beautiful. It gives shade. Now it gives mulberries. I'm not going to be making any mulberry pies. Mere Pastor Jen, one of our dogs would love for us to make mulberry pies. She goes through there like Pac-Man. She just eats them. It's just, ugh, mulberries. And they get them on their paws, and you got to wipe their paws, or jelly. I don't think we're going to do it. But it's there. And somebody obviously has heard of it or experienced it or knows someone who knows how to do that. But here's what I'm saying, is when you're connected and you realize that your words have power, you can begin to bear fruit. You can begin to bear fruit. Some of you have seen your lives change when you got connected to this church. You said, man, I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. Wow, I'm prospering. I'm giving fruit now. Now you need to declare this over you. You do. Let's personalize this this morning. I feel led to do this. I wasn't going to do this. I want you to repeat after me. Say, I am like a tree planted along the riverbank. I bear fruit each season. My leaves never wither, and I prosper in all I do. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Let's go back again. Let's read that verse again together. I am like a tree planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. My leaves never wither, and I prosper in all I do. Matter of fact, this tree is so sturdy and robust and healthy this year I got it sprayed so they wouldn't give as many mulberries. And I don't think I'm imagining this. My wife will confirm this. I think it gave more mulberries this year. And I spent $100 to get that thing sprayed. So I don't know if I'm going to try it again next year or just, just say forget it. I don't know because the story was, well, you're going to have 20 to 30% less mulberries, you know, and the next year it will get even better, and you'll have and then it's not dropping any fruit after a while. It got worse this year, worse or better, depending how you look at it. That tree's unstoppable. And that's how you are if you will use your words. That's how you are if you will use your words. Speak faith. Speak over your situation. My first point today is declare it over you. Declare it over you. We talked about the benefits of favor a few weeks ago. Begin to declare it over you. Say, I have favor. Say, I'm blessed in the city and in the field, coming in and going out. God has set me in a high place He's set me in a place that is so high that I can see my enemies coming from a distance. I've give, I'm given proper warning of the future. God is speaking to me. I'm blessed. Everything I do is blessed. Everything I touch is blessed. People favor me. Let's go to Psalms 8.4. 8, I love this. The psalmist is asking, what are mere mortals? What are humans that you should think about them? Talking to God. Human beings that you what? Should care for them. I love this translation. Yet you made them only a little lower than God. The Hebrew word there is Elohim. You made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. Somebody say, I have been crowned with glory and honor. Somebody say it again. Say, I have been crowned with glory and honor. Yeah, look at me now. Look at me. Say, I have been crowned with glory and honor. Say I have been crowned with glory and honor. That's a great confession. So you need to start speaking over you. Somebody say me. Now everybody point at me. Yeah, point point at me. Now everybody point at me and say you. Now point at your neighbor and go you. All right. I know it's rude. Your mama said don't point. I still point. My wife's like, baby, you're pointing. I'm all that one over there. Them. She's like that. Lower your hand like a loaded weapon. Pointing, pointing. You, you are important to God. What are mere mortals that they're important to him? But, yeah, he's, he's created us a little lower than God and crowned us with glory and honor. That is powerful. So you've got to, this is point one here, you, you've got to say it, man. You've got to practice it. You've got to say it. Say things over yourself every day. You know what I've been speaking over myself? Remember the little booklets I gave out last week? Of course, God's created power. Most days, I speak those over myself several days a week. And also, I've been speaking 1 Corinthians 13 over myself. I believe believe verses 4 through 8, that I am patient, I am kind, I'm not irritable, I'm long-suffering, I'm walking in love, and then I get down to that other verse, the love that is in me never fails. I just speak that over myself multiple days a week over me. Why? Because people got to deal with me, and I need their favor. I need to have favor. You say, man, it's not important to me. I'm going to tell you right now, if it's not, it better get important to you. You've got to deal with humans. Unless you are removed from this earth, I'm telling you, you've got to have people's favor. You do. You need favor. And we'll get into some more stuff. So you need to start with yourself. And a lot of these are going to tie in. You'll see that. They're going to tie in here together. And it all becomes very simple and very, very basic. But it all ties in here And it starts with you saying it over yourself. You've got to. Let's go to Psalms 1-1 again. Let's look at that again. I want to read it out loud. I want you to hear it again. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord. Look at this. Confessing favor over yourself, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees. That's you planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper They flourish in all they do. That is so important to you. That is so important to me. So speak it, say it over you. Number two, you need to speak it over your close relationships. I remember mom teaching me this as a kid. I thought it was the strangest thing. She'd say, you need to confess favor with me and your brother and sister and your dad. I'm like, I shouldn't have to confess favor with y'all. I used to tell her that. It would irritate me. Maybe some of you are saying that, man, I, don't, I shouldn't have to confess favor with my spouse or my boyfriend or girlfriend or with the pastor or with somebody else at work. I shouldn't have to con- confess favor or these close relationships, especially these relationships. I shouldn't have to confess favor with them. Yes, especially your close relationships. I know to know you is to love you. I feel the same way about me. Really, to know me is to love me, and I confess that. But sometimes we irritate each other. Sometimes we don't give each other favor. Sometimes we may or may not deserve it. Sometimes we do and we don't feel like we get it, but that's fine. Declare favor over your close relationships. Make statements like this. I'm in good relationship with my son. I'm in good relationship with my daughter. They give me favor. They choose me. They single me out. I, I do it with my wife all the time. I'm like, I have favor with my wife. We have a great relationship. But why not confess favor to make it even better? I confess favor all the time. I confess favor with Pastor. We're close. But I confess favor with him. I confess favor with people around me, my staff. I confess favor all the time. Without favor, where do we stand? See, I'm going to do it on my own. No, everybody needs somebody. This is why we confess favor over our close relationships. God and others. Let's go to Luke 2.52. And you've got to speak it. You've got to speak it. Remember this verse? Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. He had favor with them. They would go out of their way to bless him. Can you imagine? Jesus is sent to earth to fulfill his mission and he's calling services and healing the sick and nobody else shows up. No. For Jesus to have, have an impact, for him to have had an impact, he needed crowds. He started with his disciples. But after a while, he couldn't even get away from the crowds. You guys remember that? He'd go off off to rest and pray, and they'd show up and bring the sick. And they'd show up and need healing, and they'd show up. And then, then he starts handing out free food and multiplying food and healing the sick. So this man had favor. And if Jesus needed favor, don't you think you need favor? Is anybody in here with me? If Jesus needed favor on earth, God in the flesh needed favor on earth, then you need favor. I can say that Jesus was highly favored we're still talking about him 2,000 years ago after the fact we're still talking about the things God did through Jesus what Jesus did on this earth and he was in a little place called Israel little small place at the crossroads of Europe and Asia and Africa a little place called Israel that's where Jesus went he never went far from there. He was in that little region, but he affected the entire world, the entire universe, and God's hand was on him, and he had great favor. So you need to speak favor over your relationships with God and others. Have, I have favor with God and man. I have favor with God and man. To me, I believe that when we confess favor, favor with God, we act better because that's how you get favor with God. His blessings are conditional. So you've got you've to live say, man, God loves me no matter what. And that is true. But to get his blessings, you've got to obey him. Okay? And walking in favor and obedience with God, it brings more favor. And I believe, I believe obedience is cyclical. I believe the more I obey, the more obedient I become. Scripture says Jesus, he learned obedience through the cross and through suffering. Can you imagine that? That is interesting. So be speaking favor over your close relationships, God and others. Number three, this is so important. I hinted at this a while ago. Your work. You need favor at work, don't you? Anybody in here, don't raise your hand. Anybody in here had to work with somebody who was impossible? Don't raise your hands. Don't do it. Your hand almost went up involuntarily. (laughs) I can't stop it. It's got a mind of its own. Yeah, everybody in here has worked with people who are impossible. I have. I think I was impossible for some people a few times. It was rare. But I think I've worked around some impossible people, man. Cussing and just hard to deal with and just jerks and like, man, in a bad mood. Did you ever get to work and you're like, what mood are they going to be in today? Just be glad you don't live with them, right? You need favorite work. Let's go to Genesis 39. one. <laughs> some of you guys are looking at me like, yeah, I know. I've worked with some crazy people. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, a famous man. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his what? His Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Look at this next verse. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. One translation says, He found favor or grace in his sight. So then he made him his personal attendant, his personal assistant. He put him in charge of his entire what? Household and everything he owned. Look at this next verse. From the day Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All his household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished. This is amazing. All because Joseph was there. He had favor. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. And look at how it wraps it up right here. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. That's nice. And it's nice for the boss there. You have, you've given favor to someone who's worth it and someone who's responsible and someone who handles stuff and they're loyal and they're available and they're there on time and they're taking care of business. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine, ladies? I'm going to talk to you ladies right now because this would be more rare, right? Can you imagine, ladies, you just showed up at your house and someone managed everything and all you had to do was choose what you ate? Ladies? I'm not speaking to the men because some of the men are like, I already do that. <laughs> not many but maybe ladies can you imagine you show up and all you got to do is say what's on the menu tonight I want fish wow that's how much favor Joseph had but look he got that favor that God gave him and he multiplied it he turned it into something great because of the favor God gave him he was able to use his abilities and talents and he did the best he could and he made Potiphar's life way better than it was I believe when you have favor and you honor the gift of favor that God has given you, you improve your life and the lives of those around you. I believe that with all my heart. There's been seasons and situations where I had favor, and man, it just made everything, it seems like it made everything better for me and the people around me. And we were a joy. It was a joy to work with each other. All right? I'll never forget this. When I started working at the bank, it was 25 years ago, actually. Last week was 25 years ago. I started working at the bank. It's where the current city hall is. And in 1994, it was United New Mexico Bank. And I was hired as a teller. I was 18 years of age. And it was all ladies. And guess what? God gave me favor. All these older women, they began to bring me food at work and different stuff. I put on weight that summer. I was really skinny from high school and working at Albertsons. It used to be Julasco. I was a little underweight. And all of a sudden, there was food to eat and favor and kindness. And it was, it was so fun. I remember thinking, wow, this is favor. And man, they didn't even always get along with each other, but everybody liked me and treated me right. They say, well, it's just because you're a guy. Yeah, but I acted right. I was respectful. I said, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. I kept my word. I was on time to work. And God favored me. God favored me. I was entrusted with different stuff. And it was a platform for different jobs in my life, going to the bank, being responsible with other people's money, having to balance a drawer. And I had favor with my customers. Why did I have favor with my customers? Because I looked them in the eye and I was kind. And they knew I wasn't the fastest teller there because I was the newest, right? These ladies were fast. They'd say, man, how do you not get stressed out? I said, if there's people that line up at my window, I can only do one at a time and I'll do the best I can with that person one at a time as quick as I can. But I'm not quick yet, but it didn't matter. I did my best to balance that drawer and do well. And God gave me favor. Right where you are, God wants to give you favor at your job. Confess it. Start saying things like, man, people at work like me. People treat me well, and they favor me. You say, man, I don't know where else to go with this. Write this down. If you don't have it, order it on Amazon, or get with me after church. Amazon.com. Favor the road to success. I promise. If you let it, it will change your life. You begin to make those confessions. Say, God has favored me. He's with me. And I have favor with so-and-so, and and start just. Confess scripture and you'll see that your life changes. All right. So that's number three today. You need to speak and confess over your work. Number four, this all ties in. I believe you should confess favor for your contact with strangers even. Here's why. When you go to the airport and get on a flight, do you know everybody? Do you know the people at the window? Do you know the people grabbing your bags? Do you know? No. You need favor with people you don't even know, but you come in contact with them. Sometimes your flights are delayed or canceled. God has given us favor before where they gave us a night stay and food. That doesn't always happen, you know, because the flights are canceled or there was a problem. You're stuck somewhere. But you need favor with people you don't know. And we've seen that before. Sometimes you deal with someone and they're just not buying it. They're just grumpy. They don't want to help anybody. I remember one time we walked up to somebody. Look, she was a stranger, but she could have helped us. I believe we were in DFW. And she's like, I'm going to lunch. I'm going to lunch. i got to go and just close down. Wouldn't help us. Do you remember that? We're like, okay, bye. Somebody else can get blessed. Bye. Enjoy lunch. Enjoy lunch. Don't overeat or undereat or get sick on your food or anything. God bless you. Bye. <laughs> I just thought of that now. I didn't even think of that in the moment. All I could think of in the moment was how rude. Golly. I would never treat someone that way. But then we would find people who favored us. People would go, oh, yeah, you know, I've talked to you guys about this. They'd see Pastor Jen, and she's tall. I would go, you need, do you need an exit row? <laughs> oh, yes. And exit rows are useful. Do you know why? I remember the first time we went to a- Africa, God favored us. This was 2007. We left Africa. We were exhausted. We would led a team trip. I don't know if there was 20 of us. I don't remember. It was a big team trip for us. It was two churches that went together. We got exit rows. I will never forget this, you guys. This happened. We were so exhausted, we sat down on the flight. I don't remember taxiing and taking off from South Africa. We were (laughs) exhausted. We sat down next to each other. We were newlyweds. And I fell asleep. I was so exhausted, I only sat down so y'all could see this. And I fell asleep like this. It's never happened before or since that time. (laughs) You know what's weirder? I was asleep with my head down, and Jen would put her her head on my back, and fall asleep like that, and then we'd get uncomfortable. I'd start to move, and she'd move, and then, and then I'd, I'd lay back like this and fall back asleep, and man, we were able to sleep good like that. I know we're still seated, but it was an exit row. I could stretch out and put my legs out and stuff, because those, those little rows in the aircraft are not very big, but we had plenty of room, all because God favored us. You need favor with strangers even, because they can make or break your day. Did you know that? You can get somewhere, And they can make a mistake, and it messes up your day, it messes up your week, and then you're in trouble. So you've got to proclaim it. People you don't even know will favor you, and you've got to believe God for that. You need it. You go to the store. You're in business with people. You run across people in traffic. I remember one time, this is going to be crazy. I'm embarrassed to tell the story, but it's been a long time ago now. Fall of '96. I drove a 1992 Pontiac Grand Am. It was red. I had hair. I was a cool guy. I worked on Broadway at Security Finance. And I'll never forget this. I was going out to do what they called chasing or collecting, meaning I'd go find people who owed. They weren't answering their phones or they were disconnected. I was going to go find some people, see if I could get them to pay. Well, I'll never forget, I forgot something. So I was pulling out, and I went to park my car. To this day, I still don't know if I parked it right or if I put it between park and reverse or what, but it came out of gear somehow, that Pontiac. I got out of the Pontiac, and I started walking to the front door of security finance, and I'll never forget, I turned around and my car was backing itself out of the parking space. This is real. It's funny now. It's funny now. But I could have gotten myself killed, and I'm about to explain to you how. So the car backs out of the parking space. I'm like this. This is Broadway behind me. I'm seeing it. In the windows, I turn around, and I'm like, my car's backing out, and it backs out during lunch hour. And back then, there weren't many people in Hobbs. It was more of a ghost town than now, but it was Broadway. It was pretty busy Uh, uh, during lunch hour. My car backs out, and it goes backward on Broadway, and then it turns, and it banks between two parked vehicles, jumps the curb, and goes into the front glass windows of the mini mall. This happened. I watched it. I turned around and went, boom, boom, And it was just, a th- oh my gosh. I can't even, I just, and what's crazy, I could have gotten myself killed, because I don't remember crossing the street. I just remember appearing at the window. I could have run out, oh, my car, and gotten hit by a car. You know, wait, that's my car stop. Somebody, and my engine's on, and it, boom, backed up into the windows there. Unbelievable, and I'll never forget, oh, I'll never forget. I went over, I went over, (laughs) I ran across the street, here I was. Was I even 20? Yeah, I was 20. My gosh, I was foolish. Oh, man. So I get over there, and I I put the car in park, and I turn off the engine, and I'm like, is everybody okay?" Like, I was praying, Lord, please don't let there be a body under the back of this car. Or (laughs) turns out, years later, a guy named Oscar, he's crazy anyway, man, but he's cool. He goes, that was you? I go, yeah, that was me. He goes, man, I s- and I don't know if he was messing with me. He's all, my coworker was going toward the window, and I pulled her back, and then your car came. He goes, I remember it was red. It was a red pine. I said, that was me. He said, I never knew. He said, we went to lunch through the back door. <laughs> but it was crazy. Even in that situation, even in that situation, I was frustrated. I was scared. They came, and once the tow truck's been called, they have to charge you it was a hundred and something dollars just on the spot yeah just not good but it was crazy because everybody was so nice to me and it later on i had favor in that weird situation even with strangers because later on somebody that knew me goes matt i know that was traumatic and stuff he was an older guy he said but somebody said that matt is a really good christian i said how was i a good christian i was trying to kill people man i didn't even know what how was i a good christian he said you were nice to everybody, even though you were troubled, and you kept bowing your head like you were praying. And I said, I remember later, I, I thought, after I walked away with that guy, I was like, I don't think I was praying. I think I was just stressed out. <laughs> I was like, I kept doing that. But I was nice to everybody, and I treated them kindly, and I needed favor that day. And I still remember the cop that showed up. So I got a tow, a towing fine, a $100-and-something. Had to write a check right there. The guy's like, I'm not leaving until you pay me, or I'm going to tow the vehicle. Then I got a ticket, I don't remember the ticket, and I remember my priorities were right, I packed up, pulled the car off the curb, somehow it didn't damage these, one vehicle was over 20 grand, a newer truck, it just nicked the bumper, it didn't touch this other newer car, went right between them, didn't touch either one. I never paid for anything, I kept waiting for a bill, I asked, their insurance covered it, my insurance covered it, I drove straight to the church, I go, dad, man, Here's what happened. He looked at my vehicle because it kind of scraped the side of it and then put a little nick on the back. He looked at me right out in this parking lot and goes, man, you need to pray more. (laughs) And it was crazy. Dad always came through in the crunch. There were times I thought, Dad is going to have me crucified upside down. And these big issues, I'd show up, and Dad was always real calm. (laughs) He was always real calm. But, man, God gave me favor even in that situation. Later on, I'd see that cop, and he'd say, hey, he'd look at me kind of side-eye and go, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm okay. Bye. I had favor with people even through that situation, with strangers, even in a crisis. Now, the crisis, it didn't feel like a blessing at the time. But now, 20-something years later, I can talk about it, and maybe it can be a blessing to your life, that in the midst of crisis, God gave me favor. And in the midst of crisis, I didn't act up or cuss. Now, don't get me wrong; I was irritated. I was like, "Sir, please, I don't want to pay for to be towed." And the cop said, "You're gonna, you're gonna have to pay, even though you can drive this vehicle away. You're gonna have to pay." And I did it, and I honored them. I gave favor for people doing their jobs, and in the midst of doing their jobs, they gave me favor. Total strangers, and they remembered that. They remembered that I was honorable, and that I was kind, and I acted like a Christian, even though I probably wanted to just freak out, pull my hair out. It was already thinning at the time. Pull it out and run down the street with my shirt off. I don't know. I was so stressed out. But it was over. It happened. I learned something, and I prayed more. (laughs) I prayed more after that. Let's Let's go through these things, these areas of life where you need to declare favor. Number one, you declare it over yourself. Somebody say, me. Okay, number two, your close relationships. Somebody say, my close relationships. Uh-huh, that's God and others around you, your family, the ones that you see every day or you see often. Number three, this ties into that, your work. Say Somebody say, my work. How many of you work in this place? Raise your hand. Just about all of you, just about everybody. You work in some way. So you are a perfect candidate for God's favor. You need favor at your work. And number four, your contact with strangers. You need favor when you just meet people. You do. You need. Did you know I've I've asked God for favor when I meet people and I invite them to church or I meet people in this alley over here. I've met them in the front. This is a high traffic area. And I've asked God for favor So I can enter into kindness with somebody and show them the love of Jesus, offer them something, be nice to them. We all need God's favor. We need the favor edge. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. Is there anybody here today, at the sound of my voice, you say, man, I need favor with God. And I need to remind you that it all starts with you accepting Jesus. So if you need favor with God, you've never accepted Jesus, go ahead and raise your hand today, and I'm going to pray with you. Is there anybody who needs to make peace with God, get right with God? You say, man, if I died tonight, Pastor, I may not go to heaven. I might go to hell. I've never accepted Jesus. Is there anybody in this house who needs to accept Jesus today? And I'm going to pray with you. Anybody? Okay, that's very important. All right. Now, is there anybody in this house who says, you know what? I commit to speak favor over my situation. Would you raise your hand right now? Or you say, I need favor in my situation. Would you raise your hands as well? Praise God. Everybody stand to your feet right now, right where you are. Stand to your feet. We're going to declare some things. I'm going to do it a little different today. I want you to see me, look at me before we pray together, before I pray over you, I want everybody to look at me because I want you to be able to say this. As the music plays, that music's great. I want you to confess this stuff over your life right now. Someone say, I have favor with God and others. I am growing in strength and wisdom. I'm like a tree planted by a river. I prosper in all I do. I flourish. God's hand is on me. I have favor with doctors, lawyers, strangers, co workers, God, neighbors, immediate family, cousins, everybody I come in contact with. I am favored of God. He has crowned me with glory and honor. God is pleased. He's pleased with me, and he's pleased to give me favor. God's hand is on my life. Everything I touch is blessed. I'm blessed in the city, in the field, coming in and going out. God hears me, and he answers my prayers. I have favor with God and others in Jesus' name. Now I'm going to declare a blessing over you as you pray with me. Father, we thank you today for your word, that it has fallen on good ground. We're going to obey you. We're going to obey your word. We thank you, Lord God, that right now in Jesus' name, we are favored in everything we do. God, we committed to walk in favor, to speak favor, but Lord, we also declare and admit, Lord, that we need the favor that you give. Now I thank you today, Lord God, that you are favoring us. You've already called us. Now we're chosen and we are blessed. And you are with us, God. According to your word, you said you would surround us with favor as with a shield. Favor changes everything, and we declare it. We decide today, God, that we will speak carefully over our lives and over the lives of others. We speak life and not death. We speak favor, success, prosperity, God, according to your will, according to your word. In Jesus' name, everybody in the house said amen.